0: Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson, president of Unpacking It Ministries. Thanks so much for being with us today. We're going to jump into our conversation with Mason Plumley in just a moment. I'm thrilled because we're a couple hours away from the Duke-UNC game, and I am a huge Duke fan. I have no problem admitting it. And I've got plenty of friends that are UNC fans. And so plenty of love to go around. But tonight, the, the, the rivalry, it's intense. It, it really is. I'm, I'm probably going to be watching the game with a couple Tar Heel fans. And so that's always interesting. But it's always a lot of fun to, to watch these two teams play. And, and so growing up as a Duke fan, it, it was always a, a game that you looked forward to. And you always had twi- two games a year. So twice a year... You, you gear up for this, and then occasionally you'll get that third game like we saw last year in the ACC tournament, which is always nice, uh, to, kind of the rubber match. But I always like to see Duke win the first game because you have a longer time to sort of you know, have, have fun, talk trash with your buddies uh, just because the, the, the final game of the year so quickly you turn your attention toward the ACC tournament and, and you can really easily kind of forget about that. Um, unless it's an epic game or a close finish or something. So I, I hope the Duke does it tonight. And and, and Mason Plumley, one of the Plumley brothers, is just cool. They all went to Duke and they all won championships. They've all spent time in the NBA. And and so we'll talk to the middle brother today. Enjoy it. Stick around. I'll have one final thought after the interview. But here is Mason Plumley on unpacking it. Our guest today is a center and a power forward for the Denver Nuggets. He played his college basketball at Duke, where he won a national championship in 2010. He was drafted in the first round of the 2013 NBA draft by the Brooklyn Nets. He has also played for the Portland Trailblazers. He has an older brother, Miles, and a younger brother, Marshall, and all three brothers won an NCAA championship while playing for Duke. I'm pumped to be joined by Mason Plumley today on Unpacking It. Mason, thanks so much for being with us. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right. Well, we're we're glad to talk with you and we'll we'll jump into your your career in a little bit, but but I want to start just kind of this time of year with Duke and UNC uh gearing up again with with their rivalry. When you look back at the the rivalry during your own playing days, what are some of your favorite memories?
1: Man, there are a lot of great games. I would say the most dramatic was probably Austin Rivers hitting the buzzer beater and in uh chapel hill oh yeah that was a great game i remember john Shire's senior night where i think we beat him by 30 plus that was a great night <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the, the dramatic wins are good but also just the good old beat downs are good too so um you know it, it was good overall i i really enjoyed that rivalry and i think in the four years i was there we came out on top so that was good
0: <laughs> that, that that's always a, a great thing and I, I remember where i was watching that austin rivers game that was uh that was one of the best for sure yeah uh, and and, and I, I didn't tell you this, but I grew up a Duke fan, so it's a it's a real honor to talk oh, to nice. you and 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 love uh, love talking Duke basketball. And so, in in mentioning the rivalry, did it live up to your expectations and kind of how what maybe what you thought it was going to be?
1: It, it was even more than what I expected because until you get in the environment, you don't really appreciate um, how loud the arena is, how yeah. <laughs> how hard it is to get a ticket. Um, they there were players it was hard for us to get extra tickets for friends and family so it's one of the best rivalries in sports and until you go and see a game in Cameron or in the Dean Dome for that you really don't appreciate it
0: no it's one of a kind and we're talking with Mason Plumley right now on unpacking it and and so you decided to stay at Duke instead of leaving early for for the NBA and so now years later and and getting going with a with a very solid NBA career what do you think of that decision now that you look back?
1: Uh, I have no regrets. I'm happy um, that I that I stayed all four. I really got a lot out of the last two years, my senior year especially. But, um, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Coach um, over the summer, and he made the point. He was like, you know, if, if Kyrie doesn't get hurt your sophomore year, he's like, you would have never spent two more years here. Wow. <laughs> I think when, when Kyrie went down, um, you know, I was – you know, I was high on all the draft boards, and you know, it was playing with a true point guard. When when Nolan Smith came in, he shot the ball a lot as a point guard, true. And it just wasn't it wasn't the same. And he was a good player; he had a good year. But um, you know, it, people are seeing how great Kyrie is now. But we knew back then, like he's a special player. And um, but you know, I, I I feel fortunate that I did get to spend a, another two years there. I learned a lot. I really enjoyed the college experience and, and I got the most out of it.
0: Well, when you see guys and especially things have changed even more so since you were there, a lot more one and done guys at Duke. What do you say to any of those guys if they if they ask you about sticking around longer and, and the value of it? And and, and, and I guess how different yeah. is it for, for each guy?
1: You know, it, it's so different for, for each guy. A lot of it, um, you know not just Duke, but across college basketball, a lot of times it's not even the kid's decision. A lot of times there's so much pressure from family. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, parents or or handlers have already accepted things to where they have to leave college. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, everybody's cases in particular, and you know, what, what an opportunity for them to be able to go and make money and, and provide for people. I think that's amazing. So, You know, I I was fortunate to where I had no, it was completely a personal decision. And, you know, I decided to go back, but I think every case is different. And at the end of the day, the best advice I got is, you know, you have to make the decision for yourself. So that way you have no regrets about it. I didn't feel like I was forced back to college. I didn't feel like I was forced to leave. I just made my decision and then I owned it. So that was, um, that's what I tell guys who ask me is just own whatever you decide and make the most of it.
0: Th- that's awesome and and a great perspective i think too for fans because many times we'll say oh you got to stick around you got to stick around or all oh, you got to go you got to yeah. go but for each guy hey you got to make that yeah. that choice your own because you're living with the the yeah. outcome of it. and
1: people are always going to question it right like i was you know somebody told me i was higher on the draft board after my freshman and sophomore year than i was my senior year mm-hmm. and i had my best season my senior year so there's <laughs> truth to you know there is sacrifice to going back sometimes and some guys go back for a second year, like Blake Griffin did, and they just dominate college basketball and then use the number one pick in the draft. So, True. you know, you can't, you can't predict, you know, what the draft class is or where you're going to end up or, you know, a lot of that stuff. And it's not always directly related to how you play sometimes uh, NBA teams, they think, well, if I can get a guy at 19, we can have him, him in our player development program for three years versus a a college senior and i think that's that's the one thing that that did um bother me a little bit is i think the old the upperclassmen um that's kind of that's not um something that 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 people like as uh like general managers and scouts
0: i totally agree and i think that's it's so unfortunate because i i at least as a fan, I love when a team drafts a guy who's, who's proven we kind of know what to expect from him. We're, we're talking with Mason Plumlee uh, right now on Unpacking It. He's a center and a power forward for the Denver Nuggets and, of course, played his college basketball at, at Duke. And, and you mentioned talking with, with Coach K during the summer, and, and I'm just curious, just kind of day-to-day and ongoing, is there something that, that Coach K taught you or, or maybe even one of his sayings that you think about the most? Mm-hmm.
1: The one that helps me the most, he used to always say, get outside yourself.
0: Oh, nice. And,
1: you know, sometimes in the NBA, you know, you can be so focused on your role and and how you're playing or what, you know, you get inside your own head a lot. And and the best way to play is when you're, you know, try to try to empathize with a teammate who might have a new role or try to help somebody else get a shot or, you know, just just help help the next guy play Mm. for the next guy. And somehow, in a weird way, ends up helping yourself play better <laughs> when you are yeah. you know focused on on your shots, your numbers your whatever if you help the next person sometimes it it comes back around
0: that's awesome that's, that's great advice for for any of us in in different walks of life well well mason one of the the unique parts about you that that I can relate to in some way is, is the fact that that you're one of three boys and and you're the the middle brother uh, I'm actually the oldest of three boys and and so I know growing up what that dynamic was like in our own household but but what was that like for you? just kind of the the relationship with the older and the younger brother and and what it was like then and even comparing it to to what it's like now
1: well, it's a lot more than it was growing up, I think we were all trying to kill each other until we got to like <laughs> high school. Yep. And then we, we started, you know, then we were, we were teammates and, and we were pulling for each other. And then especially in college and, and even since in the NBA, like nothing makes me, it almost makes me feel better looking at the box score and seeing the Marshall, you know, got 10 minutes with the Milwaukee Bucks the other night. Yeah. Like, you know, he, here he was, he was, he had a good rookie year with the Knicks you know, Phil Jackson got let go, and then they cut Marshall soon thereafter. Well, you know, he had a he had to go through the the G League and work his way back up, and and to see him in there playing well in the NBA, like, you know, that that makes me happier than me going out and having, you know, twenty points. So I think it, wow. it's weird how I'm sure you probably experienced that too. But like, you want to you want to kill each other <laughs> for like for a solid like ten twelve years, and then all of a sudden you're like best friends, and I it, it happens quick but I'm glad it happened
0: <laughs> that that's right well and and just too, what was your perspective as as being the the middle brother and especially since all three of you went to Duke I think that's very unique as well so Miles kind of set the tone and then you you followed him to Duke and then you had the opportunity to do the same for for Marshall when he got there so what, what was that like
1: yeah I was in the best position and you know we each because of how the years worked out we all have one year together in high school and we all have one year together in college. Those were like the best years. And, um, but, but I benefit from having one. Um, I got one on each, on, um, each side of it. So I spent a lot of time with miles early in my college career. And then I spent more time with Marshall by the time I was an upperclassman. So I, I really enjoyed having them.
0: Yeah, it, it's a neat, neat situation. And to think that all three uh, went to Duke, it's, it's very cool. And they all won a, a championship as well. We're talking with Mason Plumley here on Unpacking It, now with the, the Denver Nuggets. And, and you've had uh, you know a unique career so far, playing for, for a couple of teams already. And, and so what has that been like, just switching teams? And, and what are the challenges that, that come with that? And the excitement as well when you get to start fresh with a new franchise? Yeah. Well,
1: I would say the challenges are when you look at the better teams in the league, they've had their core together for, you know, three, four years. You look at, you know, Toronto, you look at Golden State, even Cleveland before this season. um, They they have a core group of guys that they've had together. and, And there are things within the game that you get to know your teammates tendencies, their strengths, their weaknesses, and then you can make each other better. It's, um, it's a process, like you even look at Oklahoma City, who's one of the most talented teams in the league, like it takes them a while, oh yeah, to figure it out so and just one training camp's not going to do it. There's something about having shared game experience that that um that really helps you uh grow as a unit, and I think that's one of the challenges of switching teams, but i'll tell you the the first time I switched teams was in the off season, and it was um much easier to do it that way when i went from brooklyn to portland
0: Mm -hmm.
1: last season i was traded in at the trade deadline to uh denver and it's a little it's a little harder to learn on the go um you know most of the stuff in the nba the the defense the offense is, is similar but just getting that familiarity with your teammates um you have to be a quick study and um that's you know, I, I would say the the off season an easier time to make the switch.
0: Yeah, and then so you got traded last year, but then decided to to re sign with Denver. So, what what has it it, it been like being in Denver from a, a team standpoint, but even living there? And Denver is one of my favorite places that I've visited before. What what have you thought of that as well?
1: Oh, it's a great city. I'm enjoying it out here. Um, I think we got a good young team, and and we're playing really well right now. So if we can keep this going. We, we can, um, you know, raise our our standing in the West and have a good playoff spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys have been, a nice, in some ways, a surprising team this year. Very, very competitive and, and competing for a spot, for sure. Uh, one thing I noticed in, in looking at your your Twitter profile, uh, last summer you went on a trip to South Africa. So so what was that experience yeah. like, and, and what was your big takeaway?
1: Uh, that was a great experience. Um, you know, we went down on, on a family vacation, and then we did a little volunteer work along the way, but it just, anytime you get to travel, I think it's such a privilege and to see, you know, different cultures, see how, how people in other parts of the world are living, and, and really how fortunate we are here in the U.S., um, you know, things that we take for granted. It's just, to me, travel anywhere, but, you know, Africa especially is just eye-opening.
0: That that's awesome. We're talking with Mason Plumley right now on unpacking it. Plays with the Denver Nuggets, and and as we transition a little bit, o- always love to to hear about uh, our guests' faith and 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 where you're at in in your journey. And, and I know that faith is important to you. And and so I'm, I'm curious, what what was your life like before you started following Jesus?
1: Well, to me. We- I, I was fortunate. I had two parents that took us to church early and often. And, you know, we were going to Sunday school as kids. And, you know, I was kind of always around it. But mm-hmm. to me, I kind of, I, I marked the, the time where I started to, to take initiative and take it into my own ha- hands was my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time where it wasn't, you know, hey, guys, everybody be in the minivan by 8 o'clock. We got to be there by 830. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. And I was actually, I was seeking on my own and it it had a profound impact. I you know my you know playing wise just cuz I'm always thinking about basketball like I ended up having my best season at Duke but but really just you know I I felt um more at peace in like decisions in school and my personal life and you know now I know whenever I get out of sorts or um I'm unsure about something or uh there you you have doubt or you have there's so much uncertainty in this career and, Mm. and there, you know, things don't go your way. Like now I know what I lean on. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I guess we always feel like we never lean enough, but Mm. um, when, when I do have adversity, I know exactly where I'm going. And and then also just being grateful um, in the good times too. I think that's, that's a big change for me that I started noticing my senior year is being more grateful instead of focusing on what's not focusing on what is and what's, um, what's good about the situations?
0: And you mentioned the word uncertainty, uh, and I happened to, to write a devotional about it today, so it's on my mind as well. But but especially being an NBA player, and, and like you say, you've already been traded twice, and um, and and free agency, and all that sort of thing. So when you face uncertainty, what what does that that look like, and how does that affect your faith, and and how do you you know kind of practically yeah. respond to those situations?
1: Yeah, well, I think <laughs> to that point after. I think the, the the verse that jumps out is um, lean not on your own understanding. Mm. Um, you can't, you know. It, as, as players, we're basic, we're assets and we're we're tied to a contract and and we're like chess pieces. We can be moved. And um, I've just always told myself if if I end up somewhere, it's not my doing because I can. Even this last summer, I was a restricted free agent, so I've never been in a situation where I can say uh, I want to go and play here and I'm going to go play here. So, you know um i believe that if i land somewhere whether it be brooklyn or portland or denver there's something that i'm supposed to give and there's something i'm supposed to learn and that's kind of something that i've told myself and mm. you know i don't know if i'll be in denver you know to the end of my career or not you just you don't know so um there there's a lot of scripture that that i've taken with me um throughout this career that's helped
0: oh uh, that that's neat mason plumley our guest right now on unpacking it and and just with the kind of the the schedule and, and the lifestyle of, of the NBA and, and always on the road and, and traveling, what, what are some ways that, that you really try to to seek the Lord and, and are you a, a big reader or what, what are some of those those ways that you try to grow?
1: Well the thing a lot of people don't know is we because our schedule is so crazy and we don't have we have one off day a week and it could be a travel day, it could be a Tuesday, a Thursday, you just don't know. We actually have a, a chapel for fifteen minutes um an hour before each game so whether you're home or on the road there's always a chapel provided and you know it's not it it's just something where you can um get a good word in um share some fellowship with other players and coaches and it's a good good um good thing for players because we're all over the place you know we might get in uh to phoenix at 3 a.m have to play that night fly back to denver like you just the schedule's so crazy so that's that's a good thing to take advantage of and i and they have it across all sports too i know like when i was in brooklyn our chaplain was the chaplain for the yankees and the giants as well
0: and and even as you think about whether it's been one of the chapels or, or something that you're you're studying on your own has there been something maybe specific recently that that stands out as far as something that god's teaching you or just something that that you're learning
1: um you know the i can tell you right now i'm having i'm having the worst free throw shooting season of my career yeah and to me the challenge right now is like i it, it's not about the practice because <laughs> i've been you know my i'm in the gym i'm getting reps up and you know i just really want to find um you know comfort and peace at the free throw line to go out and execute what i do in practice because um i don't want to uh you know, beat myself up over it. To me this is a challenge. This is a mountain and it's something that I want to overcome and I believe that I can and I think that, that having peace up at the free throw line is something that'll
0: help me. Oh man, no question. Well well Mason, lo- love hearing your your heart and, and just uh your your understanding of seeking the Lord and, and all that. Uh I also am encouraged to hear and see some of the kind of the projects that that you're working on as well and and I watched your uh your new video series which you call Founder Fridays on on com, and a really cool concept. So so what was the inspiration behind doing this and and what kind of stories are you hoping to share?
1: So I had like in in college at Duke I had a lot of um classmates and and uh, friends who who went out and they started their own their own companies or their own brands or whatever. And really our millennial generation, every, everybody wants to work for themselves. Right. So everybody has their own, their own idea where they don't have to go and get a a regular job. (laughs) (laughs) So My my whole idea behind the series was just to, to highlight people who are doing creative, interesting things. Um, You know, some, some uh, mission-based startups. Uh, You know, we're looking for things that have, have more to them than just, um, you know uh just kind of like a run-of-the-mill product or service some some something that has um a different angle to it so or somebody that's trying to be disruptive so we just want to highlight them share their stories and uh have them share with people kind of their obstacles and their overcomings and and things that that they deal with as founders because that more so than i mean that's just like like being a player, right? Like there's a lot of uncertainty in that, and you don't—you just kind of start, and you don't know where it's going to lead, and and you get help along the way. But they they face a lot of challenges, and I I really have always admired um, the ambition of a founder. So we just wanted to highlight that.
0: Oh, it's very cool. MasonPlumley dot com. dot com, and uh, it's the video series they call Founder Fridays. Uh, so very, very cool. Well, Mason, man, it's great to, to connect with you. Really appreciate uh, you joining us and, and wish you the best with the Nuggets this season. Get healthy, stay healthy, and, and also go Duke.
1: Great. Thanks for having me
0: on. All right. We appreciate it. There's Mason Plumlee. It's great to have a Dukie on the podcast and uh, fun to catch up with him. I uh, hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit about his story and, and all that he's up to, and, and Denver looking pretty good in, in the Western Conference. They, uh, like I said, a surprising uh, team. They really are. So uh, he's, he's contributed. He's been banged up. Hopefully he gets back out there soon. And, and the one thought that, that I wanted to kind of continue with, because I wrote about it this week, uh, about uncertainty. And, and so check out unpackingit.com. Read the devotional about uncertainty and, and I, hopefully you know it's, it's just encouraging to you. But the verse that he used, I, I didn't use that in my devotional, but trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I think when we get into those moments in life where things are just uncertain, we don't, we don't know what the next move is, we're, we're praying about it, we're talking about it, we're thinking about it, and, and we're just wrestling with it, I really believe that God first gives us peace, he gives us clarity, and and when we seek him with all of our heart he'll help us understand what the next move is and sometimes that move is to wait to be patient to push pause not make a move and then when it's time if we continue to seek him and walk with him he'll provide the clarity at the necessary time and 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 allow us to to see where he's guiding us what the best path what his will is and and so uncertainty doesn't always have to be a bad thing because most of the time you know something good is around the corner um and so we can see god show up even if it ends up being something difficult we can see god show up in that comfort us guide us direct us and and show us you know what he's up to in those moments where it feels like it's it's like we see it as uncertainty but God sees it as very certain because he sees the, the big picture. So I, th- I think that that's what's the encouraging uh, element to to that situation. So uh, I hope that you enjoyed hearing Mason's thoughts on it. Read the devotional unpackingit.com if you haven't already and enjoy the Duke UNC game or a couple hours away. Of course, I'm picking Duke. This Duke team is tough, but they they struggle with the teams like St. John's. But but for the most part, when Duke is on, you can't you can't stop them. So look out for Duke. It's in Chapel Hill tonight. So that's always tough. But uh, but anyway, have fun. Thanks for listening. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the Unpacking It podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.